All right, hey, what's going on? Welcome to Black and Black Times Infinity. 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 Got another S Class interview this time with this time with Joe Illich from uh, Lion Forge Comics. He's a senior editor. How you doing, Joe? Hey, how you doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is actually I want to have this interview for a while. Once I first read your uh, Lion Forge Comics, actually in particular Catalyst Prime, I, I I didn't even hear about it until one of our listeners had brought it up. I had no idea what it was about, but they know my thoughts on diversity in comics, and they thought it'd be perfect for me, and they were absolutely right. Well, okay. Well, I'm glad you liked it. We put a lot of work into that. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely shows. Um, I was actually concerned that I wouldn't be able to get the comics locally, because I didn't know how well the distribution was, but luckily my local comic shop that's like right around the corner happened to get them, so I was I was very happy. But then I missed the, the free comic book day version of it, so I didn't get to... I started reading Noble before I read like the precursor. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I think we wanted to set it up that way that you could either read Noble first or you could read Catalyst Prime the event first. So whichever way someone enters the Catalyst Prime universe, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, it works perfectly. Um, actually, let's uh, let's talk a little about a little bit about who you are and, and your background in the in the industry because I, I didn't know about you until uh, we were interfacing on Skype a few times. I'm not on Skype, but on Twitter a, f- a few times. So can you tell us about your background? Uh, Sure. I started in the comic book industry with Milestone Media Inc. Um, Milestone was the first black-owned mainstream comic book company to have a publishing deal with an industry giant, which was DC Comics. And so I started there as an editor, and then I moved over to DC Comics, where I was the first person of color to be an editor of the Batman editorial group. All right. And while I was there... Um, a variety of things that I did included editing the Birds of Prey title. Awesome. Um, I was there for the creation of Cassandra Kane, oh. um, the Asian Batgirl and the best Batgirl, basically. <laughs> and the um, creation of a detective named Crispus Allen, who showed up in the Greg Rucka run of Detective Comics and ended up on, at the very least, the first season of the Fox show Gotham and from there on I took a break from the comic book industry for a few years and learned about book manufacturing and what that taught me is that no matter how good the content is if the printing quality of the packaging isn't good it's going to diminish the content so after that I was a comics editor for Arkea um, an independent publisher that produced a lot of creator-owned comics, and Arkea would go on to be acquired by Boom Studios. Hmm, and after that, I was a columnist for Comic Book Resources and also for a sports website called Shadow League. And then I started as the senior editor for Lionforge Comics last year, and my main responsibility is to be the editorial showrunner for the Catalyst Prime superhero science fiction line of monthly comics. Oh, that's it's a hell of a resume. Yeah, yeah. Know, right? <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Really quickly, can you give us a little bit of a background on what Lion Forge is about? Uh, Lion Forge Comics is a black-owned multimedia company um, owned by David Stewart II, and the chief creative officer is Carl Reed. The president of publishing is Jeff Gerber. Jeff Gerber is the person who brought me on to Lion Forge Comics. And Lion Forge 
started off doing um, comic books based off of NBC licenses, such as Knight Rider and Airwolf, mm. and then after a few years entered into a publishing deal with IDW, and then after a few years of that, basically became a full service operation, which began last year, 2016, and with the company deciding to grow and become a major player in the industry, they brought on a lot of new staff, and I was one of those people, and so now, um, Lion Forge is a full-fledged publisher with a variety of different imprints. The main Lion Forge imprint under which Catalyst Prime is covered basically creates content for young adult to adult. Um, the Catalyst Prime books are for 13 and up though. And there are three other divisions. One is called Cubhouse. Cubhouse is for emerging readers, so basically kids ages four to eight. Then we have Roar, and the Roar line is basically like our YA line, so think 10 to 17. And then we have the Magnetic Collection, and the Magnetic Collection was formerly an independent graphic novel publisher called Magnetic Press that specializes in high production quality graphic novels, a number of which are foreign um, imprints, foreign books that are translated into English and then sold in the English market either in graphic novel format or serialized in comics. And Lion Forge bought Magnetic Press, so the owner of Magnetic Press, Mike Kennedy, came on as the creative director of the Magnetic Collection. So we have four different imprints and we just got through with San Diego Comic-Con, and that was the company's first opportunity to show the industry books from every imprint. And we got an amazing reception, and that, in a way, from a company perspective, is the opening salvo for what Lion Forge intends to do in comics and graphic novels in the direct market and outside of the direct market. Awesome. Oh man, that's see, awesome! Yeah, see, I knew we should have went to Comic Con this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we missed out this year. Uh, <clears throat> so, Lion Force seems to have some heavy hitters in the comic industry. How did you manage to recruit some of these great talents um, for a lot of the comics that you have out? Well, basically, you know, because of my tenure in comics, because of the values that I have continued to discuss and. Um, advocate for which are diversity of talent which are diversity of characters which is diversity of staff which is high quality and which is recognition of creators at every level writer penciler inker colorist letterer those values and my time in this business have basically allowed me to have um, a group of friends and a Rolodex that I could call on for an endeavor like Catalyst Prime. And Catalyst Prime is basically meant to represent the best of what superhero and science fiction comics could and should be in the North American space and beyond. 
And so when I started calling people, they know what I'm about. They knew what this was about. They knew that we were going to go full-fledged to make the best comics, and they were on board. Sound now, like look, it's reality, so you don't get everybody. Yeah. But I'm pretty happy with the group I have. You kind of sound like you're like Professor X calling upon your X-Men or something like that to kind of help you out with something. <laughs> yeah, in a sense. I mean, when you think about what the X-Men represent in our society, mm -hmm. and quite frankly, the fact that I don't have a lot of hair on my head, I would say that <laughs> analogy actually works perfectly in yeah. a sense. Although, You're not a wheelchair I don't either, know, right? these days, it might actually be closer to Nick Fury and the Ultimates. Oh, yeah, that makes oh. more For sense. a lot of reasons, oh. that might be a better analogy. So you're like Samuel but Jackson's? I'll... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, um, based on your, your extensive resume, I, I'm curious just on a personal level, what inspired you to uh, become so passionate and get into this career field? And then the, uh, it's sort of a two-part question. And the second part, um, when you realized that you had the chance to help diversify comics, was it a, a moment that you had when you were already in the industry or was it something that you felt needed to be addressed uh, in like your up upbringing and when you uh, early on started reading comic books? Wow, okay. So let me see if I can I'm sorry, answer I'm this accurately. That's okay. Um, so my, I guess, interest in comics, you know, really started from when I was a kid. And I was a DC fan, but, you know, I read my first X-Men comic and it kind of changed my life. And I have been interested in getting in the business since I was right out of college, like really seriously pursuing a career in comics and Milestone was my first job, my first employer in comics. So starting off at Milestone for a company that established the first um, truly multicultural universe of relevant superhero fiction by a diverse group of talent that kind of helped set my values at that point in my life. Um, in terms of moving forward with this passionately and the opportunity to really advocate further, um, for me, it really crystallized when uh, my friend and mentor Dwayne McDuffie died and after mourning him, I realized that my job was to continue his work. Nice. Pass and so that's metal. what I'm doing. Awesome. 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 So what do you think about the current climate and diversity with uh, other comic book companies? Because I think one of the reasons why um, Catalyst Prime in particular appealed to me is that, in my mind, you guys are doing diversity the way it should be. So what, what are your thoughts on that as far as like other companies, just the, the overall thoughts of diversity in comic books right now? Well, look, it would be fair to say that we've come a long way, but the industry has many miles more to walk. Mm -hmm. And Catalyst Prime is the criticism. Catalyst Prime is the model of values and images and creators and mythology and ideas of 
what the superhero science fiction space could and should look like. So I feel like my time um, vocally criticizing other companies for their deficiencies and their perpetuation of policies that marginalize people who are different from white heterosexual males with all working limbs. Um, the time for that vocal criticism has ended because Catalyst Prime is the statement. It's a, it's a, it's a great statement. You know, for, for me, one of the things that sets it apart is that I don't feel like I'm being pandered to when I'm reading a Catalyst Prime comic. When I read other, you know, these new diverse comics, it seems like they're just trying to hit a demographic and they're trying to tell me, you know, within like a paragraph, exactly what this character is about, instead of letting it be story driven and me learning about the character, you know, over a series of comics. Like with, with Noble, I, I, you know, there's still a lot of mystery there. I'm three comics in, you know, I, I kind of know the character, but not really. And you're not telling me that, hey, you know, this guy is black. These are his thoughts. You know, you're, right. you're, you're telling a story first and then I'm getting coming to my own conclusions through the story, not just you telling me how to feel about this character. Yeah, it's more organic. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that, you know, you see that in the material because to me, diversity isn't something that you have to try to do. It's actually something that you have to try not to do. Because if you look at the demographics of America, if you look at the demographics of the creator pool in comic books, what direction could you look in? What direction could you throw a stone in and not come across a person of color, not come across a person from the LGBT community, not come across a person who is disabled? I don't know. So to me, you would have to make efforts to navigate around people from various groups to end up with practically culturally monolithic staff and creator pools and things like that. So diversity is intrinsic in our lives. Um, it's intrinsic in Lion Forge comics. And so it's intrinsic in Catalyst Prime. And quality is something that we all want, no matter what walk of life we come from. We want the best characters, the best stories, the best books. So um, quality is what's going to last. Quality is what's going to make an impact. Um, if I have to pander, then something is wrong there. So basically what the creators and I are looking to do is create the best books. Awesome. Yeah, with a lot of comics nowadays, a lot of a lot of them are recycling their characters and just kind of making them a new ethnicity. Like, for example, like the Kid Flash, they made him black. Um, we see it with um, Thor. Thor, what he made? They made her him into a female. Yeah, same thing. Wolverine. Wolverine, Incredible Hulk. We have the Asian yeah. Hulk and stuff like that. And the female Hulk. Yeah. So, <laughs> with with kind of the primes, like, what came up? How did you come up with the idea? to make it be so diverse within the within the comic book universe? Well, the Catalyst Prime universe in its very nucleic state was created by David Stewart II, Carl Reed, and a group of their allies. And so I was given a four-page document 
and it was my responsibility to get a group of creators and build upon that and create a fully fleshed um, superhero science fiction universe mythology that could stand toe to toe with the other publishers. And so the ethos of a diverse world came from that nucleus. It came from the values of David Stewart II and Lionforge. And so my values align with those values, so expanding upon that was easy. That's basically, those are the values in which I live on a daily basis. And, you know, in terms of other companies and how they're handling their intellectual properties, to me, the problem isn't necessarily when you take a character and you change a character. It's why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's how does that impact the character, the story? What does that say in our time? And it's the execution because Jason Aaron's Thor that's a top-notch book, and it doesn't matter if Thor is a woman. What matters is that he and Russell Dorderman and the team that they have, they're putting out a top-notch book. It's when you see a shift in a character and the result that you get reveals a lack of understanding, a lack of empathy, a lack of research a lack of, in some cases, proper editorial guidance, mm -hmm. that is where we get the problems, right? So I think intellectual properties are fluid to some degree, and the decisions that are made should be decisions in the best interests of the character. And whether that's taking an existing character and making a change or having the courage to create a new character, yeah, right? Because to me, the worst thing is when you take a black character and you give him the identity of a white character and everyone knows the clock is ticking and eventually that character becomes the black character that that character was before. Then the question becomes, well, why did you have to change that character at all if you were going to revert that character back to his or her original identity yeah. in four years, mm. right? See, that's the problem. That's when it comes off as a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that these, you know, other, you know, comic companies, I think they're honestly scared to make a new diverse character. I mean, they, they've made these, you know, sort of feeble attempts to make these, you know, quote unquote new characters, but they're just... Other copy characters just kind of copied and pasted. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I don't get. We're not getting legit background stories. We're not getting legit new powers. We're not getting, you know, other philosophies or anything like that. And it's the thing that really bothers me about some of these ethnic and, and gender swaps is when they don't, they they do that, but then they don't give any sort of significance on them being a different ethnicity or gender. It's just them being that you know that new character, but they're not really new. They're just copy and paste. And that, that's, right, that's right, right. Like. No, I totally understand. Well, you know, the great thing about Catalyst Prime is it's new. People can get in on the ground floor. And when it comes to creation and development of characters, we're pretty fearless. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think I know. So I've been reading. Uh, Superb just came out a little while ago. And, that's right. Uh, I believe he's I heard that he's supposed to be an autistic character, correct? 
Um, the one of the two characters in Superb because it's a duo. It's a oh. t- teenage black girl named right. Kayla Tate okay. and a teenage um, young white man named Cosmosis. Cosmosis has Down syndrome. Down syndrome. Okay, uh, okay. gotcha. And that, like, and if you read the first comic, you won't even know. You just think that he's some guy with cool powers. And, you know, that, that's what I like about it. Because in the first comic, you you don't know the character all the way yet. Which you shouldn't. If you read the first comic, you shouldn't know the entire background story of this person. Right. And the thing is, the character has Down Syndrome, but he's not defined by Down Syndrome. He's defined by his humanity. He's defined by being a character that people can identify with. And it's part of what Lion Forge is doing in conjunction with the National Down Syndrome Society, which is really to shine a light on um, people with Down Syndrome and help the larger society to understand that people with Down Syndrome are no less capable of the many things that you and I are capable of and capability can be magnified in the superhero genre you know and Lion Forge is not the first company to have a superhero with Down syndrome but through um, the company's partnership with the National Down Syndrome Society it's a great opportunity to have superhero comics make an impact on a larger scale. You had, uh, you had mentioned uh, briefly and touched on um, the intellectual properties and uh, sort of coming up with unique ones. Would you say that might be the most difficult challenge when it comes to creating a comic book universe? Uh, most of us, obviously, we read comic books and we love them, but the whole concept of creating an actual universe in itself is something that's kind of mind-blowing, at least to me it is. So I'm sorry kind of curious uh, if you can give a little insight on, I guess, how you wanted to form that universe besides the, obviously, the, having it be extremely diverse. Okay, well, did everyone here read Catalyst Prime, the event, the free comic book day yes. one shot? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. So, basically, one of the things that we did was create a singular event that would be the origin and the access point of this new mythology. And from that, we can define how the universe works. And one of the underpinning forces of the universe is science. And science is very much um, an influential force in all of our lives in almost any way that you could think of from your smartphone to your food, to your clothing, to our communications right now. And so with that, we knew that science and we knew that a singular event had to basically be the origin for this universe. And by doing that, you're able to engage themes naturally. Um, The worst way to go about it is to say, Oh, I want my Superman, I want my Batman, I want my Captain America. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do that. And the fact of the matter is original ideas are hard to come by, but distinctive approaches to paradigms and character profiles that we're familiar with 
that I think is what makes something interesting. So I think one of the reasons that people were taken by the Catalyst Prime, the event one shot is because of the revelations of act three. And that was one of the ways, in addition to a character like Lorena Payan, mm. who's basically a wealthy Mexican female billionaire. Those are the kind of things that immediately set us apart from the competition. And I think make the statement that this is going to be a different kind of a universe. And while it utilizes some of the familiar elements of the superhero genre, in a number of ways, I consider it more science fiction. Um, again, because science plays such a major role in the universe. Yeah. Right. That uh, plot twist at the end of Catalyst Prime was uh, pretty epic. I was, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I immediately hit up Kronos and uh, was just like, "Whoa!" I wasn't, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's something that Christopher Priest and I set up, and you know, to be fair, he is really the mastermind of certain things and his mind is diabolical and he doesn't believe in doing things in the way that you expect. And so once we came to the conclusion of what Lorena was going to do, then you have to figure out why. And then when you figure out why you can build nice. her entire life towards that motivation and then you know that that motivation influences her actions going forward. And so, you know, one thing that I've seen women say on the internet and heard women talk about is not wanting to be put into boxes as characters. And so I feel like a character like Lorena Payan is a unique contribution to um, the superhero and science fiction genres of North American comics. And she's a character that I'm very proud of and I have a particular affection for. Oh, yeah. So I think people are going to be very interested to see what she does going forward. And I think she's going to constantly surprise people. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty awesome. Um, I actually had a I had a problem actually finding the the one shot. Are you guys going to reprint these? I had to rely on Twitter for somebody well, to the, send me one. <laughs> yeah, the one shot is actually available for free on Comixology. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how I was able to read it. Awesome. So you can get it there easily and download it. And if you Google Catalyst Prime, the event Comics Beat, the Comics Beat website is also hosting uh, free access to the one shot because we wanted to make sure that everybody could get a copy and a number of stores ordered it and they ran out by early in the afternoon. So people who came later on weren't able to get it. Um, we were giving out free copies at San Diego Comic-Con. So nice. sorry y'all didn't make it there. But again, <laughs> yeah. if you go to Comixology, you can download it for free. Awesome, that's good information. Um, I had a question. So. Given this event with uh, Catalyst Prime, what was your team's inspiration for sparking off this whole universe? Well, I really think it comes down to making the best stories, making compelling characters, 
and making stories that they would not be allowed to make at other companies. I feel that the natural inclination of a creator is when they have the opportunity to create things without shackles, that that's when they're really gonna go to town and show you what they're made of in a variety of ways. So from a company standpoint, there aren't really a lot of shackles with these characters. And from an editorial standpoint, I try to work with the creators, invite new ideas, invite debate about our different perceptions of characters. And no two books are the same. And in some cases, I'm less hands-on than I am with others because of just the different dynamics that are happening in each book. So the inspiration really comes from the opportunity to be more creative and the desire to make the best comics. Awesome. Thanks. So you had mentioned how you were kind of the the first black editor for, for Batman comics. I just had a quick question. Uh, do you have like a plaque in your house that has like a little logo that says I'm the first black Batman editor? That's pretty dope. And I feel that you should have like a day in February for Black History Month with your name on it. Yeah. You're very kind. There is, there is no plaque, but uh-huh. it's a badge that I wear with pride because I understand what these things mean. Um, And the same way someone like Christopher Priest, as far as I know, was the first black editor in mainstream comics, you know, that that meant something to me. Oh, yeah. Um, The fact that a company like Milestone was the first of its kind distinctively, that meant something to me. It meant something to other people. So, you know, when I say it, it's not really to brag. It's really to identify these benchmarks in history so people understand that there was a time when that just wasn't so, Mm -hmm. right? We think about the status quo and we don't understand that some of these things are relatively new. You know, it's almost like black people owning homes, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't or black people being allowed to vote. So many people don't understand that it's not that long ago when neither of those things were possible, when neither of those things were legal. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot what of what I try to do when I talk that. about my career is help provide some historical context to the changes that have occurred in the industry. Honestly, I'm 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 so happy that this you know company even exists i'm, I'm kind of pissed though that I, i'm kind of late to the game you know you, you already had like a couple comics out before i even heard about it um but, but once i did hear about it i was all over it and we're actually hosting a panel on uh at san francisco comic-con this year and we're definitely going to talk about catalyst prime in particular because what we like to do is like to give people examples of, of good diversity and bad diversity and obviously this is going to be on the side of good but you know, it's gonna it's gonna be nice this time this year to talk about more good things than bad because I think last year we talked about some diverse comics, but we did most of them got like a lot of them canceled. got canceled. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like I'm so angry about oh, it. Especially man. one, yeah. there was one that was kind of near and dear to us because it was about the area we lived, and it was by a famous writer, Jimmy Rob Jimmy Robinson. 
Yeah, Power Lines. Yeah, Power Lines. And that that was canceled. That was a super diverse comic, and it had a great, intriguing story, and then it didn't get a chance to fully mature. So Yeah, by Image Comics, I remember that title. Um, Yeah, well, you know, we really appreciate the future inclusion in your panel. What month is that going to be? It'll be in September. We have a panel on September 2nd, so... Okay, well, by that time, we'll have four monthly titles out because Incidentals, which is the next one, which is going to be um, penciled by Larry Stroman, bring him back to monthly comics. That comes out August 23rd. And right now we have four issues of Noble out. Noble number four just came out. We have two issues of Excel. We have one issue of Superb. So by that time, there'll be even more books out, and our launch is going to be continuing through the rest of the year. So by December of this year, we'll have seven monthly titles. Nice. And, you know, it's it's a very exciting time for all the failings of the industry. There's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of things still to be done, and I'm honored to be able to help make a positive contribution. Hey, did you guys time this release? Because it seems like you guys started release like it came out at the exact right time that we needed. Well, you know, the unfortunate thing is that we've needed this for some time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And fortuitously enough, and I mean no ill will to either of the two titans, but various things that have happened with both companies this year spotlighted the need for Catalyst Prime more than ever. So their interdealings and complications did help pave the road for us, but there's no way you can plan it. You don't know what the industry is going to be like at any given time. But what Lion Forge and myself and the creators were well aware of was that Catalyst Prime was long overdue. And there are fans and readers, and they have been asking for something like this. And they've waited far too long, and they've invested money and time and emotional faith. And it's time for that to be rewarded awesome and we are at least i'm being rewarded and everybody i talk to that's in the comics i'm talking to them about catalyst prime so it's definitely a high re- highest recommendation for me so um yeah i know we only have so much time with you so uh i guess we can we can wrap now because we're a little over 30 minutes so anything you'd like to say happy we can reach out uh, to you yeah we can find you oh sure well again thank you for having me and allowing for this discussion and Basically, I can be reached on Twitter at Joseph P. Illage. Last name is spelled I-L-L-I-D-G-E. On Twitter at Joe Illage. Instagram, Illmaster1. <laughs> that's pretty pimp. I yeah. felt like an Amy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's kind of like my my parallel universe. You have a mixtape with that name. I know, right? In case you become a rapper. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, just in case I have to transition to another career, yeah. I wanted right. to have some options. Um, and lionforge.com is where you can find um, Lionforge comics and see the different imprints. You can find them at Lionforge on Twitter. You can also follow at Catalyst Prime on Twitter. And 
you know, we're very appreciative of the positive response that we've received so far for Catalyst Prime and for our books. And our goal is to bridge all gaps between ourselves and the audience that wants books like these and has earned books like these and no longer needs to beg parties that only see them as cash registers for acknowledgement and recognition. That's awesome. All awesome points. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Joe, for this Appreciate interview. It. Have a good rest of your day, okay? Thank you very much. I'll have a good evening now. Yep. All right. Bye. Take care. Goodbye.